0: Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're about to go behind enemy lines with the original Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thank you, Wild and Free. And thank you, Tom Calhoun, for contributing to the show. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, Behind Enemy Lines, Season 8, Episode 28, Franchise Episode Number 214. And this is the 27th episode of Behind Enemy Lines, the summer series of 2019. Yes, the summer that the Blues... Won the Stanley Cup. Let's all just remind ourselves of that as much as possible before the season starts here in a couple weeks. So just a few shows left uh, before we start our live shows. Uh, I know I'd mentioned last week that we were potentially going to do a live show this week that ended up not happening. I think we're going to do one next week, next Wednesday, 9, 9.15-ish. And that is going to be where we start doing our weekly shows. So uh, we'll have, obviously, a couple more Behind Enemy Lines episodes to get out. But uh, in terms of the live shows, those will be back, I think, next week. Uh, so stay tuned to us on social media, Twitter, LGB Radio, and then uh, Kurt Price, at Kurt Price. He uh, kind of posts some stuff there, too. Bill really doesn't, but Bill will retweet us, and he's obviously the best of us, at Billy Blue Note, and then myself, Jeff Ponder, at jponder ninety four we will keep you updated uh when we know more but for sure if we don't start next week we will be starting the week after so we love uh live participation for those of you who want to join us for our live shows on youtube and comment with us as we talk about silly nonsense that uh oftentimes leads to blues hockey and sometimes it doesn't so we'll see let's see how the season goes Check out the let'sgoblues.com shop and consider buying yourself a reasonably priced shirt, mug, or sticker. Remember that all proceeds go back into the show. We're not getting rich here. Uh, we just have to pay for certain things. So we'd love for you to help us out there. How else can you help us out? Well, you can subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple, or Google podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at let'sgobluesradio.com. Uh, just so you know, we don't really advertise this a whole lot. We are pretty much everywhere. Uh, iHeartRadio, I know we're on there. Uh, Stitcher, I mean, we're everywhere. So wherever you get your podcasts, if, if you, for whatever reason, are only listening to Let's Go Blues Radio or on your Google Podcast app, but that's not the one you like to use. We're everywhere. So you'll find us. Uh, also if you are on Apple Podcasts or any podcast outlet that, uh, asks for ratings, please do that. Uh, rate us five stars there and, and leave us a review. I just looked earlier, and saw we have a couple more there on uh, Apple Podcasts, so thank you very much, Bob Basson and a few others who uh, have left us reviews there. I know that's the real Bob Basson. I'm going to let myself believe that. Thanks, Bob. You're the best. Heck of a fourth-line center. Uh, so before we get into the show, I do uh, something I mentioned earlier in the summer, but uh, I, I want to go ahead and mention it again. I think I kind of... Overkilled it a little bit in the summer series last summer. Um, the Stanley Ponder Cup Memorial Tournament. Uh, that is, uh, obviously the tournament, uh, named after my father, my late father, to benefit be the match dot org, which, uh, I think a lot of blues fans are familiar with now. It's a great organization and, uh, definitely one that we try to support, almost saved my father's life. Uh, and then of course the, uh, LLS, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So both of these actually, uh, are near and dear to my heart, my whole family's heart, friends of my dad's, uh, and then just, you know, people who have helped out with the tournament every year. It's uh, it's uh very important that we help them out. So um, November 23rd is this tournament. It's at Midwest Sport Hockey. Uh, if you are a player, goalies spots are all filled, but we do still have like 24 player spots available. So if you play roller or even if you play ice or even if you've never played before, it doesn't matter. Sign up, it's 50 bucks. Uh, all proceeds obviously go towards the, uh, the charities. But the player signups are going right now. So if you want to play with us, um, we've had a couple people, honestly, and I'm not making this up, it's, it's four to five games. It's actually, I think the winning team and the second place team play six games. Uh, I think that's right. We've had people who literally haven't played in 15 years. Or even we had a, a couple years ago, we had a guy who had never even played before. Never even skated before. And went out and played with us. We had a great time with them. So, uh, if that's what's holding you back, don't let it. It's a great tournament. We have a great time. Kurt and Bill have played in it before. I don't know if they'll be coming back this time. I got a kudos from a couple people, uh, who listened to the Riz show here in St. Louis. Uh, they plugged us, uh, today, this morning. Well, I'm recording this, recording this the night before it went live. Uh, it was on, uh, September 18th on a Wednesday. They plugged us a little bit there. and. Trying to get them to come out, too. So if you're a Riz Show fan, uh, hopefully we'll get them coming out, uh, maybe at least one or two of those guys. Going to try to get them to play, but we'll see. But, yeah, uh, well, we'd love to have you. So, again, if, even if you don't play, though, we've got raffles, we've got food, we've got beer, we've got everything goes towards the charity. So, yes, please come out. Uh, even if you just want to come out and just put 10 bucks in the 50-50 raffle. I mean, that, that's more than I mean, I can't thank people enough for for how giving they are during these tournaments. I will say we're still working on our raffle items, but I know we have a Binnington jersey. Uh, It is an authentic jersey. I think it's a size 50, maybe. It's the blue one, and it's got the Stanley Cup patch, Stanley Cup Champions patch on it. So, uh, as I said, we'll be updating that more as more items come in, but that's the big marquee one right now, so... Uh, Definitely worth coming out for that November 23rd at 2 o'clock at Midwest Sport Hockey in Queenie Park. Well, I think I've rambled enough here. Let's uh, get to the big segment of the show. Let's keep the party going. So, of course, this is where you, the listener, get to write into me, the host, and uh, tell me how you're celebrating the championship. It seemed a little weird now, maybe, just because the season's so close to be talking about celebrating the championships. and uh, But you know what? We're still doing it, aren't we? I mean, uh, it's... Uh, eh, come on. This, this is fun. We're still excited. Uh, raising that banner is going to be the last real big marquee event from this. I'm really excited for that. Um, so yeah, tell us how you're celebrating, how this summer's gone for you, how long you've been a fan, what this meant to you, your family, your friends, whatever. Uh, whatever you want to talk about with being a Blues fan send us an email radio at let's go blues.com that's radio at let's go blues.com so i'll go ahead and say this now that we have an email today and i have two more emails after that so as of right now that means we have one episode after that we'll, that we'll not have an email so uh if you would like to be that person send us an email we need one more to fill out the rest of the shows and i will say that if we get more than one email uh, I will read multiple um, So yeah, if you're worried That uh, maybe you're sending one in Right before the last episode airs We will still read it uh, I will I will promise you that Because uh, I want you all to be heard Have your voices heard uh, Because this was such a momentous occasion For all of us Anyone listening to this show I know uh, Celebrated as hard as I did So uh, we want to hear from you So go ahead and send us that email Radio at letsgoblues.com today's email we're only going to read one comes from ryan in st peter's ryan writes mr ponder i have loved the behind enemy lines series and i appreciate all the work you have put into it thank you ryan i really appreciate that um it's uh it's a lot of work <laughs> will admit, doing this it's, it's a lot more work than i thought it would be uh because i as, as i've said this many 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 times I set this up, this whole idea up when the blues were in last place. So I said, Hey, I'm gonna have all summer to do this. Uh, not realizing the blues would eventually win the Stanley Cup and have a very short off season. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much to you and all the people who have reached out and, and thanked me for my work on this and it's been fun, it's just been a lot of work. So so thank you very much. Back to Ryan. I did not submit an email earlier thinking it would not make it on the podcast, but heard you don't have any for the remaining five shows, so here it goes. I have loved the blues all my life. It all started around my dad taking me to games and we used to watch or listen on the radio all the time when not there. It was always great coming home from the barn after having beer spilled all over you, blowing a kazoo giveaway. I still have my youth-sized jersey of Adam Oates and Curtis Joseph. Both are signed, not a big deal and loved those years. The highlight of the Joseph and Shevelday, Ken Wilson, fight in your Open gives me goosebumps every time. I played youth hockey in St. Louis for Valley North Stars and remember hockey trips and many discussions with friends about the Blues team and how they were doing growing up. My love for hockey has only grown over time. I played for multiple HA teams in the summer winter and coach my twin boys for their youth team, the Spirit, in St. Peter's. I also officiate hockey, all the youth, adult, and high school levels in town. I know I have worked in course game. Oh hey, that's my team. Uh well next time say hi man. I, I, I skipped over that the first time I read this, so yeah you you you've met me. <laughs> hopefully I, I wasn't uh, too annoying and hopefully I didn't uh uh try to kill someone on the rink or something. But uh back to Ryan. So you can say I am on the ice a fair amount. Always talking blues with everyone I know in the hockey community. I watch all the Blues games and my kids are always excited to watch replays if they have to go to bed before they finish games the day after. We went to many of the watch parties during the playoffs and even watched a game on the road in our blue sweaters from a Red Wing bar during a trip to Michigan. Yes, they hate Boston too. We also hosted some watch parties at our house, including Game 7 against Boston. Loved hearing all the fireworks outside and the kids running around with pots and pans banging after the win also watching my brother on facetime as he was walking around downtown after the stadium watch party we stood through the rain saturday morning of the parade and were greeted by sunshine and all the players jumping out of their cars to celebrate the cup win so special love how the city has embraced them winning finally and they can share the joy with so many that truly have been waiting their entire lives for this also the city is experiencing such good times with the winter classic last year stanley cup win the all-star game coming new rinks popping up everywhere it's just a great time in st louis for hockey right now wish the blues and your podcast the best in 2019 2020 sincerely ryan and he says ryan from lake st louis so i am apparently really bad about getting locations correct on this show but hey lake st louis that's kind of st peters it's very close Ah, oh, thanks, man. This was, uh, this was a very nice email to read. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the, uh, the Ken Wilson call of the Joseph and Chevrolet fight. I will make sure to include that for this episode for you. And, uh, it's funny that uh, apparently you've officiated me before. It's funny because you either get the, uh, the fun-loving haha gonna make jokes throughout the whole game, Jeff, or you get the pissed off Jeff because his team is losing, so. Hopefully you got the more festive one. Uh, I know most referees appreciate that. And uh, I do have my first game at the uh, the new Centene ice rink there in Maryland Heights uh, this coming weekend, uh, this Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. I haven't even been there yet. I missed the grand opening. So that is very exciting stuff. i very happy, very happy to be checking out that ring. So maybe I'll see you up there sometime, Ryan. We'll see. But, again, thank you for the email. And I guess I... Would be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, before we get to our guest, that the Blues have started preseason. So, folks, it's coming. And I'll tell you, and if you, if you're a long time listener of this show, you know that we're not going to break down preseason. We're not going to tell you who scored the goals. Clint Coston has one, I, I can tell you that. We're not going to do that. It's just, it's preseason. There's, I know there's a lot of people, especially in the Facebook groups, who try to break down plays and, and, you know, talk about how this guy looked, and you know, but for me, it's it's just it's not my job to watch preseason. And I know that you know I'm speaking as a fan mostly, but you know preseason to me is for the coaches, and uh, they're watching for things that we probably don't even know about. So we're not going to break down preseason, but it's here, and that's exciting because that means the regular season is almost here, almost time to raise that banner. Uh, we'll probably get into this more next week, uh, when we have our live show, which again, I believe is going to be this coming Wednesday, 9.15, 9.30-ish on YouTube, follow us on social media, and we will talk probably a little bit more about the preseason, but again, not a lot. So our guest this week is Carl Pavlock of Five for Howling, which is an excellent Arizona Coyotes site. Uh, I say excellent because I love that, that, uh, the name of the site, uh, Five for Howling. That's fantastic. Uh, very clever. Uh, I love some wordplay. So that, uh, that really does it for me. Uh, so yeah, Carl is, uh, I believe he's the managing editor there. We get into that a little bit. Uh, we talk about the site and all that. But, um, this was recorded on April 28th. So this was actually after game two of the Western semifinals against the Dallas Stars. So, um, this was a 1-1 series tie at that point. I'll admit I edited this right after, so I don't really remember if we talked about that or not. But uh, just keep in mind, this was before the Blues officially had won the Stanley Cup. Uh, But uh, yeah, Carl, great stuff. And here he is. We talk Blues and Coyotes. Today, we are talking Arizona Phoenix Coyotes, as well as the Winnipeg Jets, the original. Um, Not so much there, but that is the franchise we are talking today. I have uh, Carl Pavlock from five for howling on, uh, you can check them out at five for howling.com. We'll get to him in a minute, but, uh, a couple important stats to read off before we get to, uh, our guest, this show, uh, the St. Louis all time record against the Arizona coyotes franchise, 150 games played 72 wins, 55 losses, 18 ties and five overtime losses. Remember that, uh, There's four numbers in these stats, which is very confusing. Got to love that. Uh, First meeting between the Blues and the original Winnipeg Jets was on October 28, 1979. That was in Winnipeg, and it was a 2-2 tie. The first meeting of the Blues and the Phoenix Coyotes at the time, uh, October 22, 1996. That was in Phoenix, and that was a 2-1 win for the St. Louis Blues So uh, this is where I want to get to our guest, Mr. Carl Pavlov. Carl, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. I say joining us like uh, there's multiple people with me, but uh, that is not the case. Just a couple different voices inside the head. Sure, yeah. As long (laughs) as you don't talk to them, it's fine. I do talk to them, but but they don't answer back. So I guess (laughs) I think I'm okay.
1: Yeah, I think you should be good.
0: Um, so, uh, obviously, like I said, I mean, these stats here, a lot of it has to do with the Winnipeg Jets franchise. Um, and I know that, uh, uh, you're a younger man, which is a, a compliment. Um, but do you remember when the Jets first came to Phoenix, when that franchise first moved? And if you do, and if you, even if you don't, any stories you've heard from when that happened, um, you know, what was the buzz like in the city?
1: I actually do not. And part of that was I was seven at the time. I also (laughs) lived in a very small village outside of Buffalo, New York. I had never even heard of Arizona at the time. So I was not about to. There's definitely a a lot of memories for that, that kind of get transferred via osmosis through the Coyotes fandom. I think I've seen one game in America, West Arena, which was where they were playing at the time. And it it definitely seems like it was a thing all of its own. It, you know, getting a team that moved from Winnipeg to Arizona, like, that's crazy. No one thought hockey in Arizona was going to be a thing. I remember reading a lot about arenas when the controversy, which has continued, uh, first started. <laughs> and they actually said that the person who built the arena where the Suns played, uh, America West Arena talk to Gary Bettman. It's like, Hey, do you think you would ever want to have a team here? And this was, I think five years or a couple of years before they moved. And they're like, nah, I don't think we need to I'm like, okay, we're not going to build it for hockey then. And yeah, that didn't really work out well for anyone. Um, but yeah, I remember it, seeing
0: those, some of those sight lines were just terrible. Cause it was built for a, a basketball arena, not a, not a hockey arena. Yeah. The,
1: the sight lines were reportedly like ridiculously bad when the Islanders moved to the Barclays center, I was like, we know that this is going to be problems. Like Arizona has dealt with this before. Why are you doing this? Mm. Um, but eh, eh, it's the NHL. No one ever learns anything.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, only recent past sticks in the memory. Um, that kind of thing does not. Uh, so obviously this, uh, these two teams have, have faced each other a lot going back to the Winnipeg days, especially, but, um, you know, it's uh, there's been some memorable times here with the the Blues and the Coyotes. Um, one of the first things that came to mind for me, and, and I know this was something that a couple of people had reached out to me and asked me to, to, to talk to you about a little bit, was the 1999 Western Co- Conference quarterfinal series uh, where the Phoenix Coyotes had a 3-1 series lead on the Blues. A very big upset special was coming their way. This was the first year for Blues fans. After Brett Hall had signed in Dallas, uh, this was the year he ended up winning the Cup. But, um, yeah, so this was a very downtrodden year for the Blues. Uh, a lot of fans thought um, once they went down to 3-1 to, to Phoenix, it was, oh, my God, this team's nothing without Brett Hall. But then uh, the Blues storm back. They they win Game 5, they win Game 6 in St. Louis, and then Game 7. Um, something I want to talk to you about especially before we get into the goal itself Jim Schoenfeld, uh, head coach of the Phoenix Coyotes, guarantees a win for the Phoenix Coyotes and um, basically puts his job on the line, as we all know, and we'll talk about the goal itself in a minute. The guarantee does not come through. And if you look at Jim Schoenfeld's coaching record, the last game he coached was that game. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, not everyone can be Marc Messier and guarantee it and have it actually stick. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a very a very definitive stance to take, guaranteeing a win like that. And I give him credit. Jim didn't realize that the Arizona Coyotes are going to take another, what, 10 years to get out of the first round. So mm. if he had been... Like given that knowledge, he probably wouldn't have done that. But I mean, yeah, that is definitely something where I can imagine it sticks out for you guys a lot being like, man, I got to show that guy up. Uh, I was looking into him because again, a little bit before my time, he had two seasons with the Coyotes. They went to the playoffs twice. We haven't been to the playoffs in seven years. Uh, We've had two coaches. He is probably, I would think, the third most successful coach for the team, and he has been there for two years. Uh, it's on the one hand, it's kind of beautiful that like you you would make a guarantee like that and just be like, no, no, we're gonna do this, and still be like one of the te- one of the coaches were like, hey, wasn't bad. Uh, sure, he d- you know didn't deliver on his promise, but not bad at all.
0: Oh man, yeah, I mean that's a rough fight. I was a big fan of, um, t- to get it a little bit into the coaching for the Coyotes, I was a big fan of Dave Tippett when he was there. I thought yeah. he was going to kind of, I mean, he he got the most out of his players. Um, did you agree with that firing when he was let go? I-, I love Tippett. He
1: brought success to the team in a way that no one else could. He also coached a style of hockey that I didn't think was what the team wanted to go for. Mm. Like he relied a lot on veterans. Um, and it worked really well in some cases, Ray Whitney was ridiculous with the team and it didn't work so well in other cases. When he was fired, uh, the team seemed to be going in a very different way. That was also when we, uh, decided not to renew Shane Doan, we had Max Domi. We had Anthony Duclair. The team seemed to be building more towards a speed, like younger kind of mindset, which we're still in, but those two players aren't here at all. Yeah. I, I think it was the right move for the time, but I don't know. He, he is still, I think, the best Arizona Coyotes coach. And seeing him go like that that wasn't the best summer for us. Let me just say that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you. Um, so, so getting back to this series real quick, the one other thing I want to talk about is the big goal. You had mentioned, you know, the not, not a great call, maybe making that guarantee before the game, especially with how the momentum was on the blues side. And and as I told you off air, I remember blues goalie, Grant Fuhrer being asked about um, Jim Schoenfeld's guarantee. And his answer was basically, yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's uh <laughs> It was it was something that the Blues and, and again, you said this off air that, you know, you don't really want to give the team the team you're facing a reason to say, hey, we'll show you. And that's exactly what they did. They score the big goal there in overtime. Uh, I remember how loud that arena was at the time. Um, and then Pierre Turgeon scores on a deflection from a Pearson shot from the point, And you could hear a pin drop. In America West Arena, when that happened. I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's something again. I know that you've, you've seen some, some tough losses in your Coyotes tenure, but, um, I mean, that, that's got to rank up there in the, in the past for biggest losses, even though I know you, you've had some years without playoffs. That one probably yeah. stung to the average Coyotes fan.
1: I, I imagine, especially at the time, it, it would have been terrible. Um, I rewatched that goal a couple of times and, that is a great tip. Like yeah. just, um, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, but it's a, another instance where you look back and you're like, man, the Coyotes really could have used a uh, offense and scoring in that game, which mm. is something that I got to say very often this season. I was like, man, zero, zero going into overtime. That would be a 2018, 2019 Coyotes loss. <laughs> um, in, in terms of, of stings. Yeah. that. That's definitely got to be up there. But we have gone to three Game 7s and lost all three. That was the second. Um, We were swept by the Red Wings, which I think that kind of is the top. Just because it was, I think, our third time playing the Red Wings. And we really wanted to get some energy. And getting swept is is just terrible. Um, And we do have a bit more history with them. So I think that one stands out more. But yeah, anytime we made it to the playoffs, made it to Game Seven, and just couldn't get it done, it it was rough. And when we did finally get to the second round, that was a really like cathartic moment. We're like, I didn't think that we were ever going to do it, but look, we did it. We we were, we're here, and then we went made it all the way to the West Western Conference Finals, and that kind of made us feel better about a lot of stuff. But, yeah, especially for the people around at the time, I imagine that was a really, really tough loss. Like, any Game 7 loss is going to be tough. Anyone where you don't score a goal is going to be all the worse.
0: Yeah, especially, I mean, looking at the roster that that team had, Jeremy Rodick was in the lineup. He had missed some of the series with a broken jaw. Keith Kachuk, uh, who Blues fans remember fondly, uh, Dallas Drake, uh, Shane Doan was on that team. I mean, that that team had skill, but they just – they couldn't solve grand fear, I guess. Yeah.
1: And and the Jeremy ronick um, jaw, that is definitely something that's a part of the coyotes collective consciousness. I think the, the blues end of it kind of gets lost, but that moment is definitely a huge kind of thing. Him playing with a broken jaw. Like even, I remember, I think five years ago, someone brought it up where it's like, Hey, Ronick, remember this? And like, uh, I think, yeah, he didn't respond too, too kindly to it. I think it was done in kind of a way that wasn't the best We uh, phrased. I think the intention was kind of good, but yeah. that That was a team that kind of – that had skill in a way that I don't think we've had in a long time. When we came over from Winnipeg, there was definitely some pieces there, and I do wish we had kind of been able to get something going – before those pieces left. Um, I also wish that, you know, the Winnipeg Jets hadn't traded Timo Solani before they relocated to Arizona. That would have been that nice. Still yeah. <laughs> Especially when you go on to see what he did with Anaheim, you're like, no, we could have been that. We could have been that team that he loved to go back to. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I do wish that we had kind of gotten things better, get a little more success early on to build off of, as opposed to a couple of eliminations
0: as uh, as i mentioned uh big big members of that team Dallas Drake Keith Kachuk a couple years later uh the coyotes are kind of refreshing their lineup a little bit uh Dallas Drake ends up leaving in free agency signs with the blues in the summer of 2000 and then later that year on March 13th 2001 at the trade deadline Keith Kachuk was brought in for the blues and uh he was uh, obviously a a big part of both of our organizations um you look at uh all the 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 career numbers and and um you know the the career leaders Kachuk's up there with both the franchises um so that was a big moment in St Louis to get Keith Kachuk um I know that again you were a little younger at this point this was uh you know you're more of a uh, you're more of a probably mid two thousands or uh two thousand tens type era that is your best area of expertise but. Keith Kachuk is a household name amongst Coyotes fans. Um, how is he remembered there in, in Phoenix? Uh,
1: Keith, uh, sorry, can't speak. Uh, Keith <laughs> is definitely remembered fondly by the by the organization and by the fan base. I have a Keith Kachuk bobblehead. It's right on my dresser. It's great. He is still brought up a lot. Uh, this past season, Brad Richardson scored four goals in a game. And I know what you're thinking. Offensive master Brad Richardson scoring 4 goals in a game. That <laughs> happens all the time, right? Right. And no. It was a uh, it was something where that the only other person to do that since the team moved to Arizona was Keith Kachuk. And like it was kind of a great moment to to really bring that back. He's in our ring of honor, which used to mean that his jersey was retired, but now we're not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> With the retiring of of Doan's jersey, it kind of threw everything off. We're like, we got those names up there. Uh, are they not retired? Wait, Martin Erat wore 10? That's weird. But, yeah, he is, definitely, he is definitely still a household name in Arizona. He is well regarded. Everyone loves him. Of course – Shane Doan is kind of the coyotes player, especially of that era, just because he lasted so long. But I would say right up there in everyone's mind is Keith Kachuk. He is still way up on the team, even though he spent far less time with us than he did with you guys. Um, but yeah, he, he's still, you know, a big part of the franchise in a way.
0: So in St. Louis, when when uh uh the Blues get a power forward, whether it's well, right now the, the name that comes to mind is is Pat Maroon. But uh, even when David Backus was coming up, um, you know, a lot of people, that's the name you compare a power forward to. You say, you know, oh, this David Backus kid, he's pretty good. Uh, but, you know, is he Keith Kachuk good at the power yeah. forward moves and, and getting in front of the net and uh, wreaking havoc the other team's goalie? Is it the same way in Phoenix and in, in Arizona? When, when, whenever you see a young power forward come up, is it always a comparison to Keith Kachuk? It
1: does come up quite a bit. We haven't really gotten that kind of power forward type in a while, and that's been definitely one of the problems that we've had. Um, Keith Kachuk's name does come up quite a bit. Don was a power forward, though, so right. we get a lot more people kind of – he is Mr. Coyote.
0: And He's he got benchmark. That,
1: yeah, he is the benchmark in a lot of ways. And I feel like if he hadn't spent the entire, like, tenure of his career with the organization – you know, Keith Kachuk would have been that name. But Doan stuck around, and so he has that. I would say Kachuk is definitely a close second. Jeremy Roenick at this point is probably third. Um, I do know in the last uh, – when was this undrafted? Was it, like, with uh, Calgary? Was that two seasons ago? or
0: That was 2016, I want to say. Okay. I know that
1: there was definitely a lot of hype about that, being like, hey – Son of a, a great name with the franchise. Let's let's get him. And that didn't work out. But the that definitely brought up a lot where it's like, hey, remember Keith Kachuk? We can get his son. Hopefully he could be that same player, the player that we need with the organization.
0: Uh 2016, first round pick, sixth overall. So yeah, that sounds right. Uh was Matthew Kachuk. Um same thing here in St. Louis. When when he was up, I remember uh, Blues fans clamoring to to try and get the team to make a trade, saying, hey, let's let's trade up in the draft. Let's see if we can get Matthew Kachuk, get him on this roster. And, cool. um, man, he is. I mean, he's in your division. You see him more than we do. My <sighs> God, he is annoying to play against.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> annoying to play against may be the best way to describe him. And uh, uh, he is definitely like one of those players, man, I hate that we play against him. I really wish we didn't do it as much. I'm really disappointed we didn't get to have him. I would love to have that kind of player on the team.
0: So speaking of difficult to play against and annoying to play against a guy who's in your broadcast booth right now, um, somebody when he was with the blues, he was a fan favorite here uh, just because uh, of his style, his tenacity, um, never backing down from anyone, always starting stuff in front of the net uh June 21st 2003 Tyson Nash traded from the Blues to the Phoenix Coyotes at the time um and uh yeah Tyson was uh was a, a huge fan favorite here but for those that may not know um you know doing the research on this and I, I remember this being a big deal too uh back when David Backus was drafted because the year they drafted Backus and the year they drafted uh Lee Stemniak uh were because of trades of Tyson Nash to Phoenix and then um the uh the Corey Stillman trade to Tampa uh actually gave the Blues the draft picks in which they selected Stepniak and Bacchus. So uh pretty cool that um that those trades turned out so well for the Blues. But I remember at the time uh people being upset about Tyson Nash leaving and uh he spent a little time there in, in Arizona before he ended up um retiring and calling it a career and joining the broadcast booth uh, what do you remember about him and his playing days? I don't really remember his playing days
1: too much. His broadcast days definitely eclipse any memory I would have of him playing. He is great. He's great yes. with fans, he's great with the community. I saw the last time I saw him play was in a Coyotes alumni game with the ASU hockey team back when they were a club team. And he was great afterwards he would like stuck around the entire time he signed autographs just a great guy to kind of talk to and be around i i could only imagine that type of player and actually getting to see him i if i had been watching more seriously at the time i'm sure he would have been one of my favorites just because that role just you tend to get some of the best people and they may not be the best players they may not stick around the longest but they kind of are happiest to be there and I always get the the idea that, that Nasher was happy to be there and just loves the game and wants to stick around with it. He is a staple in the Coyotes. We see him in promos. He's currently hanging out a lot with Paul Bissonnette, who's another player kind of in that same role. Uh, you'll see him between the benches uh, in games in this really nice spot. Um, and he, I remember... Couple of years ago, when I first started writing, he was pretty infamous for a just god awful, terrible suit jacket that he wore one game, and he he had fun with it in a way that I'm not sure a lot of people would have. Uh, he seemed to really enjoy entertaining people, both off the ice and on the ice.
0: Yeah, I was. um I've always been it. Like I said, I'm a fan of Nash on the um, on the broadcast. I, I know I've I've was talking to you about this, uh, over email before we did this show that I think he's one of the best at color commentating in the league. And that's saying a lot. And you said that he he was happy to be there. Obviously he's happy to be in Arizona. I mean, he finished his career there and now he's, you know, doing the commentating there. If I remember hearing correctly, um, I think he's made his summer home there. So he's there year round. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, that's, fantastic um you know and again i i just i love his work on the broadcast and i think that uh coyotes fans may not realize how lucky they are to have a color commentator like tyson nash on the call
1: yeah sometimes uh sometimes i don't think we do um <laughs> i think a lot of people especially if if they just watch one team's broadcaster they kind of get like a mindset of like they get to notice th- some of the weaknesses and some of the repetitiveness and Nasher definitely kept a positive attitude throughout the season during some of the low points and people weren't really happy about that. And I was like, no, he's, he's talking about the good things at the low point, but he's gonna, there's going to be a high point soon. So like he's pointing out the th- things that we're doing, right. There's no harm in that. Right. Uh, but yeah, a lot of players love Arizona. You I don't even know how many have retired here or that you hear about retiring here. Cause it's nice. And it's also where people go to retire. Yeah. Right. That's
0: true. So uh, the last thing I definitely want to, want to touch on here with you, Carl is um, the 21, 2021, 2022 season at the beginning of that, the Arizona coyotes will be in a new division for those that haven't heard. If you've been living under a rock, uh, the uh, new Seattle team will be coming into the Pacific division that year And so uh, if the Coyotes were to stay, that would leave a nine-team Pacific. So one of those teams had to move over to the Central. And lucky for Arizona, it is uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Um, There was a lot of – we had a lot of conversation on this show that um, maybe you take Calgary and Edmonton, you move them to the Central, you move Minnesota or Dallas over to the Pacific. Uh, That obviously was not the case. Uh, What do you think about joining the Central Division in 2021?
1: I know we had that exact
0: same conversation. Like,
1: move Edmonton and Calgary. You want to keep that rivalry together. Right. Keep Arizona. Like, we have a lot of great kind of a budding rivalry with Los Angeles especially. Phoenix and LA is across all sports. It's a thing. So we're kind of really annoyed by that. Like, I Mm. wish that we can kind of, Stay in air, or stay in the Pacific, especially since, as you learned when we were kind of coordinating this, we spent half the year on Pacific time. Mm, so now right. it's we're gonna be in the Central. And yeah, it, it's frustrating. It, it's definitely something where I think that we should do okay. Hopefully, hopefully we start to kind of gain some ground. I'd like to see us play the Blackhawks more, especially now that they're not great. Because um, <laughs> cause those are fun. Um, and they sell out the arena with just the most annoying fans. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Boy, you,
0: you've already made home at Central Division, because that's how the rest of us feel, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine Chicago's not well-liked by anyone. I actually... No. I was at work, and someone was wearing a Kane Team USA jersey, And then a couple weeks later, I was like, yeah, he's a Blackhawks fan. He's like, how do you know I was a Blackhawks fan? I was like, because you're wearing a Kane jersey. He's like, yeah, it's a U.S. jersey team, or it's a U.S. jersey. I'm like, no one outside of Chicago
0: likes Patrick Cade. What are you
1: talking about?
0: That's a great point. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Unfortunately, with the move to the Central, the thing that kind of annoys us the most is that we're getting a lot more rumors that the team's going to relocate to Houston now and Kyler's fans are used to relocation rumors, and this just doesn't help. And at this point, they don't even make us mad. They just annoy us. It's like, come on, man. You can't talk about anything with the team without hinting that they're going to be moving somewhere. Right? It's just kind of, at this point, lazy. Um, but, you know, we got a whole season to figure it out and kind of get used to it and get used to the idea. And I'm sure that, you know, We're going to hope that they just reconsider uh, throughout (laughs) the entire year. like, look, I know we said that we're going to move them last time, but we changed our mind. That would kind of be the best for us, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be a, it'll be a fun challenge.
0: Yeah, no, we, we welcome it. Uh, We, uh, we're always looking for more teams to beat up on Chicago and Nashville and Dallas. So hopefully your team, your up and coming Coyotes can, uh, can help the blues out there and, and maybe they'll, uh, Maybe they'll just roll over when they play the Blues. That sounds pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, I I like Nashville. Um, So I'm not really looking forward to seeing us play them. Uh, they were really cool um, as a fan base when we met in the, the playoffs. And that's kind of... The Sunbelt teams kind of stick together in a way that I don't think a lot of other teams do. So, like, right. I, got, I got no problem with Nashville. I got all the problems with California teams, but that's... Yeah. Just a whole other issue, um, but yeah, beating up on on uh, Chicago, great. Looking forward to it. Being up on Dallas, that'd be nice. Um, uh, Winnipeg, more that that should be fun. Uh, yeah,
0: that's a fun one.
1: Yeah, that is definitely. I I like the idea of a of an Arizona Winnipeg rivalry. I don't think that Winnipeg necessarily shows us as much respect as we would like as a team just because uh, they took all of our traditions that we have um, right they didn't exist for 15 years come on man uh, <laughs> we kind of we incorporated the Winnipeg history into the Coyotes when they first came and it's still around and then like the idea that some people have where it's like no just give it all back I'm like no we have been doing this for the entire time that the team's been here. This is a part of us. Like, you go do some thrashers things. I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. We, I, we talk about that a lot, how it seems like uh, Atlanta has just been forgotten, just wiped off the face of the earth because the Winnipeg Jets embrace the Winnipeg Jets from before, and the yeah. Arizona Coyotes do the same. So it's just... It's a very weird dichotomy in the NHL but uh I guess Winnipeg they want to just stick with all their old Jets favorites that they'll never ever give up on. Yeah,
1: no. And the the Calgary Flames, I don't think they do anything to to honor Atlanta either. No. I think they they wear the A and that would be probably about it.
0: Yeah. It's uh, about but, it. Yep. Yeah. Poor Atlanta.
1: I feel Poor I feel Atlanta.
0: for it. I do too. I do too. I actually Always felt bad for that fan base. They never had a fair shot at having a winning team to see what they could do. Um, and I think a lot of people have made that case for Arizona as well. But um, it seems like you guys are up and coming. And, and that's where we'll leave this conversation. We'll, where um, I want to ask you, um, what do you think? I mean, obviously, right now, and I'll go ahead and mark the tape, April twenty eighth, two thousand nineteen, three forty. This episode will be airing over the summer, uh, three forty p.m. right now. What? do you expect from the the Arizona coyotes next season
1: so this past season i really expected them to compete for a wild card spot i felt like that was the right stage of the rebuild they're going to go for a wild card spot they're probably not going to make it um and i turned out to be right so hopefully by this time next year they've actually gotten it together they've found a consistent offense and they actually are in the playoffs. Um, that would be that'd be the dream. I don't expect them to compete for the Cup anytime soon. But it'd be nice to at least keep taking steps forward. I'm not greedy. I'm, I'm fine with it being slow and just kind of incremental improvements versus like a massive improvement. I'd like us to go and storm into the playoffs, but I don't see that as likely. Um, but yeah, competing for a spot. Getting a spot, that's where I want us to
0: be. Well, Carl, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to tell my audience and maybe any Coyotes fans that have tuned into this show um, because I had you on, uh, where they can find Five for Howling online, uh, how they can interact with any of you on social media, or how they can contact you, or where they can read everything you you write.
1: Uh, Fiveforhowling.com, definitely the best place to go. If you ever want to talk feel free to post a comment uh i do read all of the comments i don't always agree with them but i like to to kind of keep engaged see what people have if you ask me a question i'll answer there's no reason for me to not uh i don't really stay on the on the socials too much so five for howling definitely the best spot for me
0: cool well thank you sir appreciate you coming on yeah glad to be here well i again want to thank carl for coming on Again, the Twitter handles for this show to keep up with what's going on with us. The show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Kurt Price is at Kurt Price, Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note, and myself, Jeff Ponder, can be found at jponder94. The next show uh will, no matter what, be this upcoming Monday on September 23rd. I welcome in Greg Young from the Japers Rink uh, website. They also have a podcast, but... Chances are, if you've been a fan for a while, you've probably at least seen something from this site. Uh, they've been around for a very, very long time, um, and uh, they do a great job. So, again, Japers Rink—that's J A P E R S Rink, uh, that's rink uh, dot com—if you want to check that out before the episode, we talk Washington Capitals, and this was a fun one because we talk about a lot of what we talk about—is how uh, these two teams, how similar it was to watch them win the Cup back-to-back, two franchises that had never won it before. And uh, that was kind of the basis of our conversation. So it uh, it was a very mostly positive conversation, a lot of fun with uh, with Greg. So look forward to get that one out to you on Monday, September 23rd. Well, that will conclude this episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Only a few more left of Behind Enemy Lines, folks. So thanks for listening. And until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Play Gloria for like two more weeks. Thanks for listening to the hockey show blues report of the week. Have a great day.